It is Wednesday, May 3rd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Lakers take game one from the Warriors. And Joel Embiid officially the MVP. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Lakers buck the system, beat the Warriors in San Francisco. The Knicks even up their series, beating the Miami Heat in game two. And Joel Embiid gets his trophy. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? So the Stanley Cup playoffs are really interesting. No, we'll we'll get to that, I promise, because the Seattle Kraken, they're they're sea monsters, uh, they won. but Release the Kraken. Yes, that is the voice of Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, joining us here on Straight Outta Vegas AM. The lead, AJ, yes, it's the NBA playoffs. The Lakers, as you mentioned, take game one from the Golden State Warriors. My Knicks evened up their series with the Miami Heat. And you mentioned the MVP, Joel Embiid. We still don't know about his status for today's game two. And speaking of status for these games, Fez, I'm glad you're here because I want to talk to you about what went down with the Knicks and the Miami Heat. So we go into this game, obviously the Knicks are favored with a little bit of a premium because they lost game one at home. Mm -hmm. And we don't know the status of Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle for the Knicks, or more importantly, well, I don't want to say more importantly, they're all important. No, they're not all equally important. Short Jimmy Butler for the Miami Heat. (laughs) You get word, and most of us kind of assume the Knicks players are in because they're down one game. The Knicks players are going in. The 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 open of this game was what? Opener was four and a half, mm-hmm. and then five. So then five, five was really the opener. So okay. five was not out there for a, a long period of time, but it certainly was out there. And then it moves to what, like six or so? Yes. So it, it moves to six and six and a half and seven. Kind of bounces between those numbers with some uncertainty. People like. Started saying, "Wait a minute, Butler got banged up in the game. I don't know. Mm. If I don't know if he's going to play um, potentially. So there's a little uncertainty about his stats, but obviously uncertainty with some of the Nick players as yes. well. But you know, pulling back the curtain, the first thing is that the Knicks were the home team game one. They're the better team. They lost outright. That's a trend that we've been looking to support. We'll talk more about that. So if you like the Knicks, you really. I know there's a lot of uncertainty." It's always easy with their crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Probably want to fire early on that opener number at minus five because the Knicks are going to catch any team in this situation is typically all things being equal. If everybody plays, mm-hmm. it's going to get support. Yeah, like we'll talk about Golden State losing game one to the Lakers. I mean, as soon as that game two opened, it's Golden State, Golden State, Golden State for me. Uh, but then we get the announcement Jimmy Butler's not going to play. This line shoots up to anywhere from nine and a half to 10 to even 10 and a half. Yeah. So it goes like, it's like dominoes falling. It goes nine to nine and a half with no Butler. And he was, wasn't expected at that mm-hmm. point. All right. And then, oh, we get good news that the Knicks, uh, Randall is going to play. All right. And Brunson is going to play. Goes all the way up to 10 and a half. And we use this example all the time that, you know what? It's great to have all the information in front of you. But is the market reflecting it? And the market absolutely, think about this, line opener was five, and now it's ten and a half, bridge too far, 
And uh, Knicks, uh, they struggled to win this game, much less yeah. cover the 10. Yeah. Uh, Here's a question, because, Fez, when, you know, when we were talking, we have a group chat where we talk about bets that we're making. What, what made you decide to go with the Knicks money line as opposed to making an adjustment based on who was in and out? I felt like this situation was so strong, I just did not want to be on the sidelines and not bet. But I refused to be laying nine on a game I personally, in my pocket, had a minus five. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, know what? The Knicks are going to win tonight, which I know they could have lost. I want to give it out to my clients. I don't care. they got to pay a big money line, pay minus 410. I'm going to give it out because I my, my information also came in and said that, hey, New, New York's going to go with all their guys tonight. Yeah, and I thought it was a great parlay piece because for me personally, it was Knicks and the Boston Celtics as a good parlay piece. Again, this is the home teams that lose game one and then have to bounce back in game two. Let's talk a little bit more about this. Let's welcome in R.J. Bell. R.J.'s here with a, a trend that he's been searching on the home teams that lose game one to bounce back in game two. Because we had a situation last night, R.J., and we will have another one tonight, where the home team that was favored in game one lost – Last night, it was the Knicks who lost home game one to the Heat and then bounced back with a win in game two. And depending on the number that you got, right, Fez, you could have covered the pre-Jimmy Butler line versus the post-Jimmy Butler line. You, you could have covered the opener, really. Yes. And, and by within an hour or two after the opener, mm -hmm. you weren't going to get there. Yeah, and then Jimmy Butler gets announced out. The spread goes up. But the Knicks win 111-105. Tonight, RJ, we have the Boston Celtics who lost game one as a home favorite and are heavy favorites tonight over the Sixers. Should we be betting the Celtics to bounce back? Well, there's a trend that makes a lot of sense that does pretty darn well, even if you just take it in its simplest form. And that's, as you said, a higher or a better seed, because right? I always think a one seed's higher. I don't know, right? Mm -hmm. But a better seed, they lose that first game. It's that simple. It's 60, almost 61% betting that team that lost in game number two. So there's been a couple of teams that meet that criteria. Like you said, the Knicks mm -hmm. cover, Golden State. Um, well, they will. Well, I in, guess they will be. Yeah, in game and two, then, yeah. And, and then, obviously, we got Boston that loses. Here's the thing that, that makes me a little concerned. Philly has done exceptionally well without Embiid on the floor. And it's like we saw it in game one. Now, Harden, I want to ask you guys with the eye test. It feels like Harden had a monster game, but it felt like a lot of tough shots. Like a game that if he doesn't shoot as well, he could have had a disastrous game. Did it feel like he was getting great looks? He worked. He worked for it. Like it was. Yeah. And, and to me, I don't think those are as repeatable. Right when a guy's hitting these monster shots, what do you? I mean, what do you got? What do you think, Fed? You have any I, opinion? There? I think you're spot on, James Harden. Uh, is not a clutch playoff player, and he had a fantastic game hitting shots he normally doesn't make in the playoffs. I refuse to believe it's going to continue. By the way, that trend in its simplest form, 57 winners, 37 losers against the spread, and it covers by almost four points per game. So really a strong trend. I think Boston is a team that has ebbs and flows more than most teams. They're a young team mm -hmm. that tend to, you know, I mean, they don't have all young players, but in general, their core, other than smart, is, uh, well, you know, the best two are both young players. Yes. And it feels like you, and we know we got an inexperienced coach, right? You got a first time head coach. It feels like if 
Boston has a chance to be flat, they're going to be flat. And game one, when you're when Embiid's not playing, it can be dangerous for a team like Boston to think, oh, we got this one. But now they've lost. They can't go down 0-2. You're going to get a really focused team. And I think Boston focus is the best team in the NBA. So it, I like it. If you look at shot quality, and they tweeted this out uh, after the game one victory for the Sixers, James Harden was actually expected to score 11 fewer points than he actually did. So maybe so, that goes into what you're saying yeah. about, you know, the... Uh, so they're judging the difficulty of each yes. shot, yeah. what percentage he should make, and that he's exceeded it by mm -hmm. double digit. I mean, that's yeah. big. Now, how you look at shot quality a good bit? I just look at the tweets. Okay. I don't have a subscription. I just, whatever they tweet out, I'll, I'll read. Okay. So you looked at the college stuff a good I did. bit, right? I, I, I looked at it less as the season went on because, like you, I'm... I'm a skeptic. Yeah, I just got to figure what they're do how they're doing it and, and, and why sometimes it is counterintuitive to me, the results. But I've never thought of it looking at the individual player. Yeah, it says here, the, they explain on the James Harden. It says, shot quality calculates the expected value of every shot taken by every player on the court. The shot quality score shows the outcome of a game. Had each player played to their individual ability, adjusting for game situations such as heavily contested yeah. shots, and deep shots. No, no, I told I understand the ideal they're aspiring to. Yeah. It just seems like sometimes you watch the game and you it think it doesn't feel right. Yeah, this time it does feel right. Yes. So it's almost like half the time, and I don't want to say it, but it's like half the time they're looking at another game. Right? <laughs> Obviously they're not. And, and my I don't trust my eye test very much, so I'm not an eye test guy. Um, no, but I think you're, you're onto something with James Harden with the degree of difficulty yeah. of the shots that he was making. Some of those layups where he was dribbling through traffic and falling away, yeah. What did he shoot from three? In game one, let's see. So as he's looking that up, Fez, would you agree that Boston has had more ebbs and flows, meaning their best game and their worst game has a big distance between it, more than most elite teams? Not only do I agree with that, but I'll take it even further into individual games. They're playing Atlanta. They're up double digits. They always went up double digits in the Garden. In playoff games, they lose outright. Another game, they're up 30. They win by 13. So they're, they're having swings just in, in individual games. Yeah. It, yeah. Seven of 14 from three. So yeah. excellent. I mean, so can he repeat that? I don't know. Uh, you being from Houston or spending a lot of time in Houston. Doesn't, you know, seem, doesn't seem like he would repeat it. No. Now, you guys, was it a was it a would you say he were you ever fearful that he would put a hit on you? Because you no. guys were really on the outs. Mm. No, I don't think it would go that far. But Is it he, true that he just he at a strip club one time you no. just rebuffed him and he no. Would, well, I read that article that during the, the time off, like last week, he was in Vegas and he slapped somebody outside of a club. I thought it was AJ. Well, then, I mean, if AJ's knees recovered, I think Harden wouldn't be playing. <laughs> I just <laughs> thought, I mean, that, I thought, thought that Harden feeling? slapped AJ. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I got to say this before I run. The Heat, if you think about this, so on Tuesday night, the Heat – had Butler out. So if you're the rest of the team, you're like, we, we're up 1-0. We're good. We got yeah, Butler's out. That's code. We can't win this. The fact they were leading that whole game, this is a tenacious team, man. Yeah. I mean, you got to give them credit. This is all the things that we lament that a typical NBA team doesn't do, mm -hmm. it seems like. And I got one more question. Who could win this title this year that we would say, yep, that's a title-winning team like we expect it? Meaning... You don't see champions, like typically, you don't see champions like be up 3-1 
And then, you know, like what, what happened with Atlanta and Boston, it just, it, it felt, you know, it was 2-0. Then they have, a, it felt very, it didn't feel first round to me, right, of a champion level team. You look at um, Miami, certainly not. Knicks are certainly not. Philadelphia, mm, it was strange because they swept, but I heard more pessimism than anything after that. Sweet. Mostly because of health, I think. And maybe still so, right? Because yeah. even if he comes back from this one, it's going to be a more likely to have another injury, right? Because you compensate and all that. Then we look out west. I mean, Phoenix doesn't feel like a championship team right now. No. Lakers don't. Now, oh, go- I think the Lakers actually. They do right now? Oh, yeah. The well, Lakers. How many championship teams are in the play-in? Were, well, they, they, were they in the play? Yeah, they were in the play. The first insane. time a play-in team has ever won. Yeah. Yeah, I don't count those as playoff games. So what I'm saying is, what I'm saying, the Since fact they, they had hit, 82 games, that were, the, the, they had a really surge to make the play. I'm only counting the playoff games. So well, far in the playoffs, they look like, a, they look like a, t- a true title contender. They and Denver are the only two. Last time the Celtics won, they went to seven in every series before the finals. The last time the Celtics won what? The NBA title. Yeah, that was the funky. Um, they kept they kept screwing up on the road. Well, that well, well that was uh, Doc again, right? Yep. So, hmm. And now they're undefeated. I, I guess I agree with Fez. I think Golden State, you could say, just because they have such a pedigree. But really, other than that, you would say that's a team that's like what nine wins on the road the whole year. Yeah, it isn't that a championship team typically? And then, they only won 44 for the season. I they know. won 53 the year they you know, the year before. But then you can rationalize with Wiggins to some degree being out. But I mean, a lot of games. I tell you, the only team that I don't think Lakers count for this. I think Denver's the only. Denver's team. the only, the, the only traditional champion. They, they they're the only ones. You're right. and, and and their margin, even though they were number one seed, was only like three and a half, half points. points. So they don't qualify. Yeah, it, this is. Let's just say there's more skill in the NBA than there's ever been. But it doesn't feel like any teams are, are classic championship Let teams. me ask you this, because I put this out. I was roundly criticized for it. I said I made the case for there's it's very it, it's likely, I said, that the winner of the NBA this year will be the worst champion we've seen in the millennium. Or yeah, since two thousand. If Boston's able to finish it, if you just look at the team and the quality of the players, that wouldn't be the case to me. I'm talking about the quality of the team. I think overall. you say the same thing about Golden State. Because I, I think, I mean, Golden State, it's just like last year, except a more extreme amount of time missed for, for Steph. Like, like you, it, the team that they've got on the floor right seven now. Game, I mean, like, there's nothing they've done this playoffs. Now they're down 0-1. There's nothing they've done that makes it look like they're even potentially a championship team. That's I fair, think but they, they went seven games as a six seed on the road. Like... No, I mean, but again, it was a, it was a nice win. But Sacramento never been in the playoffs. None of those players ever sniffed the playoffs. It was like that. That to me was the danger of the series. Is Game Seven would be too much for him. And Steph had a monster. I mean, let's just admit it. I mean, fifty. It was the most that's ever been scored in the NBA history. Yep. In the seven. I mean, when Dallas and Dirk won the championship, yeah, I yeah. think that was the weakest NBA champion. I think that's fair to say. And this, yeah, maybe the Pistons. And maybe the, the Pistons when they beat the Lakers in two thousand four. But this year has the same feel that whoever wins could well be one like at that level. And then we're back to the idea, and AJ did some work on this last year, is how good does the best player on your team have to be? And it has to be, like, at least all NBA level, like, first team, top five. So who's got that, right? We got the Boston slipping in there, yeah. I think we got Philly. So it's like it's kind of – now, Miami, Butler doesn't meet that criteria. We can say playoff, buckets, whatever. Right. He doesn't. Knicks doesn't, right? Right. It's Boston, Den- Philly, Denver, Golden State, L.A. 
Yep. So it's interesting. On Phoenix, KD. Yeah. So how fascinating is that? Well, first of all, it's more or than five, are. but I think in general you're right, yeah. right? But how crazy is it that there's, that right now we got, what, eight teams left? And six qualify. But we have six of the best players in the NBA on those eight teams, mm-hmm. even though a couple of them, Golden State, any of those guys. Lakers, <laughs> it's like they, they, they're not – they got uh, – Golden State didn't get lucky. But Golden State wasn't that far from the playing themselves. Right. I mean, so in a weird way, playoffs show that these superstars matter, even if the regular season mm-hmm. doesn't. I just don't think LeBron and AD can stay healthy that long. It, but that's interesting. It, last thing for me, if LeBron and AD stayed healthy – we knew it. Where's the Lakers at? Are, are they your favorite at that point? 100% health the whole way. I think they're exactly where they are right now, which is the third favorite. So you th- you don't think there's any build into the number? So what's our current? What do you see as the current odds? Celtics plus 190 is mm-hmm. the favorite. Mm-hmm. Nuggets plus 425. Lakers plus 500. Okay. And you don't think build into that 5-1 to one is any – Injury risk for the Lakers because it feels like everyone that talks Lakers say, I don't think they can stay healthy four yeah, rounds. I, I think that is built into what's interesting who's going to be favored, Denver Lakers, Denver's home, Denver for sure. I think for sure because if they beat Phoenix, there's going to be an awakening. I mean, you look at it just now, it feels like the market shifted to the positive on Denver, doesn't it? If mm. Phoenix comes back and wins that series, okay, are the that- Suns favored over oh, yeah, the yeah. Warriors or Lakers, yeah. Well, Warriors, that's interesting. You think over the Warriors? Yeah. Hmm. I tell you, no, you were surprised at the Warriors being this small of a favorite over the Lakers. Sh- I was shocked. I didn't bet. You I thought, we spoke you, about this. But you thought Golden State would have been a bigger favorite. I thought minus 240, and they were minus 145. So it was good. It was almost 100 cents different from what I, what I expected. And I said, I must be missing something. My numbers must be wrong. If you look at the NBA history— and the thing about this is there's been seven games in all four rounds like since it's almost been 20 years now, if I'm not mistaken. So we've got a lot of history of seven, 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 and seven. There's been four rounds for a long time. So the first was five games for a while. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's pretty much the same. Yeah. Okay. Is if you go through history and look at the final four, it's almost always a one or two seed. Or I guess if it's final four, it's going to be a one, two, or three maybe. Right. That's about it. I mean, you had a four. I mean, below a four hardly ever made it to the conference finals. Yeah, I, I think I did this study once before. It was like every NBA championship participant was either like a top three seed. You had a couple of like outliers, like um, like the 99 Knicks were an eight. But that was, was a, strike, that was a strike short yeah. in seasons. So they probably weren't really an eight. And I think. Um, and then that year, the East, like they were like three games from being the number one. Yeah, seed. Yeah, yeah. And then also, I think it was. It might have been Dallas. There was a six seed that was in there. It was either Dallas or Miami. It might have been a six so, seed. Yeah, but I think. But other than that, everybody's a one, two, or three. We've seen this this shift though, where teams now care less about the regular season than they ever have, and you, you like superstars miss games because they know come playoff time it'll be a different show. Which back in the day they used to fight tooth and nail for home court advantage. Yeah. So you got to wonder how does the NBA keep us caring about 82 games? They don't. When their own players don't care. Well, they want to keep us caring. You know that much. Mm. You don't think? I mean, why why have the games if they don't think the 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 uh, audience cares? So it's fascinating. It was the Rockets in '95. They were a six seed that won the title. But with the exception of that well, team, the dream can yeah, transcend. Ev- every NBA champion is a one, two, or three seed. For the kids out there, this would be my parting shot. This would be like Andy Rooney. If you don't know about Hakeem, 
go to YouTube. Hakeem in 94, 95, I guess it was. Top five player I've ever seen. I, I won't argue it. I mean, unbelievable. Undressed Shaq in the NBA Finals. Like, made him look like he, like Shaq was the, taking the league by storm. He was very young at the time. and But everybody was talking about, like, that Shaq was, yeah. he was the guy at that point. And Hakeem made him look like he didn't belong on the court. I tell you, you look at Shaq when he was that thin. And when he, like, a couple years out of LSU, he, man, he was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. He used to do, like, three, he used to dribble the ball down the court through 360. Yeah, he was dribbling. Like, he was a freak. To be that size and to move as quickly as he did, you know, you know who didn't else? make sense. Andre the Giant in the 70s. He, <laughs> there's, there's footage of him doing drop kicks and stuff. Mm. Andre was thin, but then Ted DiBiase started feeding him shrimp and stuff. I mean, yeah. 48 beers on flights probably <laughs> yeah. didn't help. <laughs> Holding a beer in his hand that like that looks like the size of a little can. Yeah. <laughs> so final thing, um, I guess we're going with the Warriors in game two then. <sighs> Warriors game, but two. they're not a three seed. Yeah. They're not. They're so, a six so, seed. So let's talk about that. So I've got some tighteners, but one of them, one of them is, and let's think about the concept we're talking about here. What is the concept? It's the team loses game one for whatever reason, mm -hmm. but chances are if they're the better team, they lost it because they weren't focused. Because they got unlucky, something other than merit. It's most of the time the, the lesser seed's not going to be the better team. So in game two, you got total focus. You know, if you lose, you're you're in big trouble. Mm -hmm. And if you're the clearly better team, you can exert your will. You can enforce your will. What we try to find is teams that aren't really the better team, or they're not really good enough to ever say this is a statement. I mean, if you let's say you're the seventh seed, and for some reason you're playing the eighth seed. Right, it doesn't make sense. The seventh seed can exert their will. They don't have that kind of will. So I, the question with Golden State is, by the pure numbers, they're not an elite team. Thus, that is disqualifying from my trend, which is a tightener on the general trend. But is Golden State at home a team that can exert their will? Yes. If you think so, then yeah, it goes against my tighteners, but I think it's still a valid play. Yes. In fact, you had mentioned something earlier that maybe – you know, maybe find a way to play an alternate spread. I do think if the lay, and I think this is the case with Boston. I think this is the case with Golden State, that both the Lakers and Philly are going to be willing to let the game go if they think it's out of reach. Meaning they're not going to be, we did a study or did a little work of how NBA games are less um, tight than the regular season, that playoff games are less tight. You would think the teams care more, but they team, they seem to conserve their energy mm. when they have another game where Makes they feel sense, like right? it's a lost yeah. cause. So I do think that especially the Lakers, LeBron well, doesn't. hundred percent. I brought this up last week, and it didn't it didn't wind up happening. I wanted to play LeBron's uh, player prop in like the game following one of their losses because watching that game, I said LeBron took the night off. They had a 3-1 series lead, and he knew going home for game six they were going to win the series. Why exert himself on the road when they were losing? And it just looked like, again, I don't want to call it a lazy performance. It looked like he took the night off. But the other way to look at it is if you win there, you can save yourself a whole game. So but I, th I think once they went, I'm saying yeah, they went you're down right. big. You're right. And I know they had a, like a surge in the third quarter, and they pulled within one. But they were down big in the first half, and it just seemed like they were – they were okay to concede the game, knowing that I they agree. were going to go back home and win it in Game Five or I, Game Six. Excuse I me. agree. I, I would say this is the least predictable playoffs I've seen, and to me, that makes it exciting. I agree.
Thank you, RJ. Thank you. Great stuff there from RJ. And let's just go right into this Lakers-Warriors game. As the Lakers win game one, AJ, were you surprised? Because this bucked the system. The Lakers on the road defeat arguably the best home team in the NBA. Was I surprised that the Warriors lost at home? Yes. Always surprised when the Warriors lose at home. Uh yeah, this was when Anthony Davis came up big in this game, and really what it boiled down to for the the Warriors was Steph played well. He wasn't nuclear like he was in Game 7, mm-hmm. uh, and it, it just seems like the, the superstars for the Lakers were a little bit stronger. Davis and James were a little bit stronger, although LeBron – Shot terribly again from three. He struggled with that in the playoffs all season or all this po- whole postseason. Uh, but the the complementary pieces for like we've seen games where where Draymond had a big game, not nothing in this one. Uh, it, it, so nobody, uh, well, none of the fringe guys really stepped up mm-hmm. and made made something happen. Yeah, Jordan Poole had a chance to tie the game with about 10 seconds left, missed the three there, uh, but the Warriors were down. They were rallying, and so they fall 117-112. You mentioned Anthony Davis's big game, 30 points, 23 rebounds, and four blocks. That's that's pretty good. That's uh, the way to fill up a stat sheet. Kevon Ke- Looney also had 23 rebounds. Imagine that two guys with 23 rebounds yeah. in the same game. How it, often does that happen? Were they the only guys rebounding the ball? <laughs> it seems that way. Yeah, they were the only guys in the paint. Uh, Curry finished with 27 points. LeBron had 22. So now the Warriors down one game to none. We got to play it, Fez. Got to. Warriors minus five in game two. The only concern is, are the Warriors, as only a six seed, are they better than the Lakers? And I'll make the case, almost oh, certainly, they're better than th- the Lakers. I, well, I think they are, but also I would say – in San Francisco, they are. Yeah. Because they've been the best home team all season. They're and a so, one seed at home. Yeah. And they're going to be out for blood. And you you know what? The one thing I, I would say is that savvy playoff teams that are up 1-0, like the Lakers are, they could easily get down 10 in the first quarter and make a business decision. And just shoot. We'll just shoot threes the rest of the night and hope they go in. If they go in, maybe we can win, but you know, no reason to go in, get all banged up in the paint. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm endorsing it. I think it's a best collective best bet, AJ, Warriors. And I'm Game with two. it. <laughs> They're going to kill them. And as far as tonight is concerned, um, I think we wait on the Celtics number with the Sixers. Because Embiid might get reported in, and then we're going to get a much cheaper number. I think that's the move. When you say much cheaper, what, what do we expect? I mean, how much of this... How much of the current number says he's going to play? How much says he's going to miss? I think it's like 85% that he's going to miss. I think it comes all the way down to six if he if he gets reported in. Would you disagree with that? Six? That's a big jump. I think – I don't think it's going to be that much because of his – actually, you never know. I, I think – Even it was 10, and they, 10 last game, and they knew he wasn't going to play. Yeah. So I think Fez is right. Well, I, I think he, it could be that much just because – the public could come in and move this number because the public's not going to consider, oh, well, he he's banged up or he might not play a full game. And the fact that they're already up one game to none, maybe he doesn't push himself in game two. 
the public's just going to say, Joel Embiid's playing. We have to bet him plus 10. Yeah. Oh, they're plus 9. We have to bet him plus 9. Oh, they're plus 8. We have to bet him plus and 8. And there's semi-sharps out there that just look at their chart and say, oh, Embiid is worth five and three quarters points. Yeah, but so if, but if you, any bet is good. But if you factor in him being banged up yep. and the possibility, and RJ had talked about this on the on the dream preview, that maybe he doesn't play the whole game. He's gonna. He wants to play because, or even the second quarter. Well, let's say he, he wants to play because he had just been announced as the MVP, and he wants to show that he's out there fighting for his team and not get criticized of I don't know sitting out in the playoffs, whatever. But maybe he just doesn't play the whole game. But they also didn't have him the whole last game, and, and they won. The Sixers were just better than them. But do we expect James Harden to have that type of performance? It's hard. Again? It's hard to imagine him doing that same thing. Seven again. for fourteen from three. I I sense a three for fourteen coming. Yeah, I feel it. So that's uh, what's going on here in the NBA playoffs. Just the one game. It's kind of weird, right? Just only one game tonight. We got a full slate of baseball games, though, right? We have lots of baseball, lots of day baseball. We got a couple of hockey games. Hey, how have you been enjoying the early part of the baseball season now that we're like a month in? I love baseball. I've been winning, which makes winning things helps. to be so much more enjoyable. And I and my biggest futures bet is the Oakland A's to go under. And since they only win one game a week, I'm happy six out of seven days. <laughs> and I'm happy today. Yeah, they um, are sitting here at what, six wins on the entire season right now? Yeah, so I've got six them and 24. under 59, 58, 57, 56, 55. You get the idea. Yes, if the, if the A's win 60, uh, the lights are going to be a little dimmer. The reverse ladder. You know what's amazing is, like, they have six wins. The Royals have seven wins. I don't look at the Royals as on the same level as the A's. I actually think the Royals are better than the A's. Well, I guess they're one game better. They have seven wins. But they're just as bad. They're just as putrid. They're, well, I think the Royals are going to win. I, I disagree because the if you look at run differential – and I think the Royals are somewhere around minus 65, and the A's are minus double. Minus 68. And, the, and the, uh, the A's are probably at, like, minus 120 by now. A's are minus 118. How is that even possible? That's a bad regular. Think about this. They're almost, like, they're on pace by the middle, by early May, mm -hmm. that they're going to be minus 162 by mid-May. So if they can play even up the rest of the year, they'll still, on average, be outscored by one run per game. You know what's amazing is every team in the American League East, even the last place New York Yankees, has a positive run differential. Yeah. Every team in the American League. And now that they're only playing each other 13 times, it could, it's a it little could better. continue. Yeah. Most, most of the teams that were expected to be garbage have been garbage. Mm -hmm. The A's, the Royals, the Rockies, the one exception. The Nationals have exceeded expectations. Pirates. P Pirates have the certainly. Pirates, Pirates have done a little Pirates better. Pirates have the best record in the National League. Insane. 20 and 10. 10 game lead. On the St. Louis Cardinals. And the St. Louis Cardinals are still projected based upon season win be bets. That both teams are supposed to win roughly 80, but the Cardinals are still supposed to be better. You know what? That will not bold prediction. That won't be the case the rest of the year in starting in three days. You know, it's a, I keep looking at uh, a lot of the advanced analytical numbers on these teams, especially uh, their offense. Like, So you can look at teams and you're like, you know, their pitching sucks. Like, it makes sense that they're just not a winning team because their pitching sucks. Like I, I look at offensive production from some of these teams and it, the Cardinals are still a very good lineup, a very good offense. Yeah. They've and, got the reigning MVP. They've got Nolan Arenado. They've got 
it, like they've got a guy who may be on pace to be rookie of the year in the NL. Like they've got, you're right. The lineup's really good. I, I it, their their pitching's been atrocious, and they're like saying, "Well, Adam Wainwright's going." Like if you're hoping that Adam Wainwright is, is coming back like and going to save you, boy, that's that's worrisome. Yeah, but the, but, you but look, even Oakland and Washington, as god awful as, as they are, they can, they can rake in, on occasion. Yeah, the bottom offenses in baseball, the bottom uh, Cleveland, Detroit, Colorado, and Kansas City. How could Colorado be a bottom offense playing in Coors Field? Yeah, they have a, a WRC plus of just 73. What is this WRC plus you speak of? Weighted runs created, uh, basically how much, uh, you know, the opportunities you have to score runs and whatnot. Um you, I also look at WOBA, which is your weighted on-base average, and the Rockies a little bit better, 23rd in baseball. Your bottom team is the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, they're horrible. Your number one team, the Tampa Bay Rays. Your number two team, the Chicago Cubs. I'll be honest, watch out for the Cubbies. A little plus 44 run differential despite being 15 and 14 on the year. Yeah, Cubbies uh, could actually be legitimate this year. Yeah, they got Justin Steele's a good pitcher for them. So what do you think of this? So today— Strowman's good. Yeah, Strowman's great. And the guy who almost threw the no-hitter? Smiley. <laughs> so today we have the Mets playing another doubleheader. They just played a doubleheader on Monday against the Atlanta Braves— and then their game yesterday gets rained out in Detroit and are now playing another doubleheader here on so, Wednesday. So I, ca- I can't resist. One is I'm going to go with, the, with the, the Scott play of the second game of the doubleheader I want under. Get me the heck out of here. Do these teams have to play? I'm sure they, they do. To, they have to play a third game. Yeah. They, have a, they have to play Thursday during the day. And guess who gets the start on Thursday for the New York Mets? Justin Verlander. Oh, he's back. Hey, hey. In his season debut, his Mets debut will be Thursday against where it all started in Detroit. I'm going to take this for, further. I'm going to bet against both teams on Friday. On it'll, Friday? It'll be their fourth game and it's sixth game in four days. Friday, the Mets are at home against the Rockies. Oh, God. Probably Scratch wouldn't want to bet that. Tigers are on the road at the Cardinals. That's, uh, wait, wait. That's Friday. Okay. You're saying you want to bet against these teams in the games on Friday. But but it's a, it's it's a, um the Mets just played Atlanta. Oh, I see. So it's just the Mets that are playing back-to-back doubleheaders. The Mets are playing the back-to-back doubleheaders. Oh, okay. Yes. I've I've I misunderstood. Now I I kind of do like your your the game 2 under for today because Scherzer's pitching game 2. Mm-hmm. So I don't like Michael Lorenzen pitching for Detroit in game 2, but with Scherzer going for game 2, maybe Detroit only scores like one or two runs. Mm-hmm. Mets win the game like Six two or something, or totals eight and a half. So six two would be on the high end. If I'm an yeah. umpire, I'm letting everybody know. You know, you better be swinging. Yeah, because I'm going to be punching everybody out. Yeah, game one, Joey Lucchese against Joey Wentz, Mets and Tigers. It's just amazing the Mets with these double headers now playing another. The game two double header unders, I believe, are three and two hmm. this season. In case you were wondering, I also like the day after the double header but we didn't get a chance for that with the Mets. Uh, With the Braves, we did get a chance for the day after doubleheader play. 6-0. Guess what? That's an under. Mm -hmm. Day after doubleheader games. Fez, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate you as always. Love the baseball. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore 
your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Let's just run through that schedule for the rest of the day today. Uh, several day games, including that Mets-Tigers doubleheader, AJ. So I mentioned Lucchese and Wentz in game one. And then Scherzer getting the start against Lorenzen in game two. We also have a day game in Texas. The Diamondbacks at the Rangers. Andrew Haney going for the Rangers. Brandon Pfadta is pitching for the Diamondbacks. Like they're, t- they're top prospect. I'm not trying to make a joke. His his last name is P-F-A-A-D-T. P-F-A-A-D-T. Yeah. Fad. Supposed to be a pretty good pitcher. Right? We haven't seen him yet, obviously, but uh, we, with the injury issues and it, like the, the Diamondbacks keep uh, they sent down Dre Jameson. Mm-hmm. So this is the uh, this is the next guy up. Texas is minus one twenty five. Giants are at the Astros. Logan Webb against Framber Valdez. Houston is minus one seventy five. The Astros just got shut out by Anthony DiScalfani two nothing. The Giants won yesterday. Phillies at the Dodgers. Aaron Nola going for the Phillies. Gavin Stone making his debut for the Dodgers. You got the Reds at the Padres. Luis Sessa and Seth Lugo. San Diego minus two sixty seven. It's a big number. It's a big number against the Pirates. We just said they're the best team in the National League. No, the Reds they're playing. Oh, never mind. Yeah, Luis Sessa. That's all right. Luis Sessa, though, does have a 9.55 ERA, so maybe this number isn't high enough. Yeah, you might be right. Braxton Garrett goes against Kyle Wright as the Marlins host the Braves. Atlanta minus 135. You got the Pirates. Here's your Pirates. At the Rays. Mitch Keller for the Pirates. Shane McClanahan for the Rays. I would say under, but I'm guessing it's seven flat. Seven flat. Tampa minus 220. 
Hmm. Same thing. That's a big number. It is a big number against the Buckos, but it's Shane McClanahan. Yeah. Uh, I don't bet against the Pirates on McClanahan or against the Rays on McClanahan Day, but that's tempting. That's a big-ass number. Cubs uh, will send Marcus Stroman to the mound. They're minus 195 favorites in D.C. against the Nationals, and Jake Irvin makes his debut for the Nationals. Guardians are at the Yankees. Shane Bieber and the Guardians, a minus 140 road favorite in the Bronx, Clark Schmidt going for the Yankees. Are you going to fall into the victim of playing the Yankees as the home dogs? No, I'm not. I was actually going to say, give me an under uh, Shane Bieber against the Yankees lineup. But then you said Clark Schmidt. And I can't even trust the Guardians not to beat up Clark Schmidt. So uh, it's probably a, it might be an Indy. It might be a Guardians look for me. Sorry for my slip. My almost slip. Louis Varlin gets the start for the Twins in Chicago on Dylan Cease Day. White Sox minus 140. Dylan needs a bounce back. Total is eight. I like getting Cease at minus 140. Uh, I might look for for something like a first five or a first five under. The White Sox just suck. Like It it bums me out. Even on Dylan Cease Day, you can't trust them. Mm. It's just a bad team. The Blue Jays at the Red Sox. Toronto is minus 145. Alec Manoa. Gets the start against Nick Pavetta. Uh, the Orioles at the Royals. Baltimore minus 155. Kyle Gibson gets the start for Baltimore. Zach Greinke for the Royals. The Royals can't hit. They stink. They do stink. They stink. Angels are at the Cardinals. L.A. minus 145. Shohei Otani gets the start. He didn't play yesterday, so he's well-rested. Miles Michaelis goes for the Cardinals, who continue to struggle. I can't back the Cardinals against Otani. It's hard, it's yeah. Hard to, yeah, L.A. minus 145 on the road, though, is tough, but it is Otani. The Brewers are at the Rockies. Milwaukee minus 120. Eric Lauer starts from Milwaukee. Kyle Freeland for Colorado. Total in this one is 12. Oh, my God. With as bad as the Rockies' offense is. Kyle Freeland's been okay, yeah. too, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Mariners at the A's. Seattle minus 178 with Logan Gilbert on the hill. J.P. Sears goes for Oakland. Round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Panthers with a 4-2 win on the road in Toronto against the Maple Leafs. So the Leafs melt uh, is going to waited until round two this time. Yeah, they huh? finally get over the hump. They win a first round series, but now they're going to fall to uh, the, the Panthers. Seed? Yeah, I don't know. I, listen, I, I wanted when I first started to handicap this game, I was like, ah, Toronto's got this, you know. Ilya Samsonov's going to bounce back. They're at home, the crowd. And then I just looked at all, like, the the numbers that I had from the regular season, and I said, I can't pick against Florida. I can't bet against Florida right now. And Florida's got better numbers this postseason than the Maple Leafs. Let me go with the over six and a half. Yeah, four to two. <laughs> it didn't go over. It should have. It was three to two going into the third period. I couldn't get Toronto to tie the game because you know what they say in betting hockey overs? Three and three. Equals seven. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So I three, you say three and three. Good for me. No, no, it's it's three <laughs> three plus three equals seven. That's the uh, that's like the, that. that's the old adage when it comes to betting hockey overs. So uh, the Panthers win four to two. They take a one game to none lead, and the Seattle Kraken. Boy, I hate myself after last night. I actually picked Dallas to win this game. What you win well, against your guys? You know, Dallas has, like, all my criteria to win a Stanley Cup. And and I, I said, maybe this is where they separate themselves. 
and the Kraken, you know, coming off the Game 7 in Colorado. I'm like, it's a, it's a bad travel spot. Maybe we'll fade them. It's only a one-day rest between playing the intensity of Game 7. Didn't Dallas have a Game 7, too? No, Dallas they won four games six. to two. Okay. Yeah, and and I, I just figured, I don't know. But credit you to know. the Kraken. They did not score first, though. Oh, losers. For the first time in this playoffs, the Kraken did not score first. 5-4 the finish in overtime. I imagine you having a bet on the uh, against the Kraken. See, they don't score first. You said it's over. Yeah, we got this. Yeah, if they didn't score first, they ain't scoring. Well, how about this? Dallas was down 4-2 to two after the first period. There were six goals scored in the first period. And then no goal scored in the second. Dallas scores two in the third. All four goals by Dallas scored by Joe Pavelski, who made his return after sitting out a few games dealing with, um, I guess you call it a concussion or whatever, uh, after getting the big hit against the Wild. So he scores all four goals, but Seattle was just too strong. They won the game in overtime, 5-4. I would expect both home teams to bounce back in game number two, kind of like we saw in the first round where the home teams had lost game one and then bounced back in game two. So I'm curious to see what happens when those when these series continue. Tonight, we will have game one between the Devils and the Hurricanes in Carolina. Carolina minus 120, total of five and a half. Game one here in Vegas, the Golden Knights and the Oilers. Edmonton minus 115, total of six and a half. I'm going dogs. I think both dogs tonight. I like it. Devil dogs on the road. VGK dogs at home. Dogs at home seems crazy to me. Against Canadians. Yeah. Well, Ed, what are people from Edmonton? Uh, they're not Edmontonians? Ed, Ed, Edmonton. Ed, Edmontonites? Ed, Edmontons. Hmm. Diegons. Maybe yeah, so. Yeah. So uh, it's a coin flip game. Both of these series are going to be incredibly close. I'm so excited to see what the Devils do after... You know, coming off the emotional high of beating the Rangers, it could be a letdown spot. But this team is so young and so um, cocky that I don't think they fall into the letdown spot, if that makes sense. Like, I could see, like, another team thinking that they got over the— Like, I thought that might be the case with the Panthers, who beat Boston in a Game 7, and that was like winning the Stanley Cup. And so maybe it would be a letdown spot in game one for them. It wasn't. was not. It was not at all. So curious to see how the Devils respond. But I think either way, it's going to be a fun, fast series. The Hurricanes just don't have enough scoring for me to compete with the Devils. And the way that Akira Schmid has played in net ever since they, the Devils went to him after game two against the Rangers, hard to deny. The kid's been, the kid's been unreal. So I'm going with the Devils as dogs. And I'm going with the Golden Knights here as home dogs. I've got it. What's that? Edmontoneers. Like Mountaineers? Yeah. But, but Ed, Edmontoneers? Ed Mountaineers? Yeah. No, I think you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Head on over to pregame.com and get yourself a daily best bet packages. Seems like those are the only things I can win now is these best bets. But that's the important thing, right? Winning best Win bets best ones. is what's important. It's the ones that you feel super confident in. Those are your best bets. You can get 20% off a best bet. Or you can buy a 
all-access package from your favorite pregame pro. Maybe it's a 30-day all-access, so you get every single pick from your favorite pregame pro for 30 days. You can get 20% off if you use the promo code SPORTS20. SPORTS20. That's very original, Tom. SPORTS20 is going to get you 20% off anything you would like at pregame.com. For A.J. Hoffman, R.J. Bell, and Steve Fezzik, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are Straight out of Vegas AM.